Hi, everybody. This is Helena Hart. Welcome back to my Master Your Magnetism podcast. I'm here with Evan Mark Katz today. I'm so excited to introduce him to my audience. Welcome, Evan. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me, Helena. We have a great topic for everyone today. For those of you who aren't familiar with Evan, he became the world's first dating coach in 2003, and he specializes in helping smart, successful women create lasting love. He's the author of four books and the host of the Love You podcast, and he's been featured in hundreds of media outlets, including Today, The New York Times, and The Wall Street Journal. And today we're going to be talking about why good relationships are actually easy. Do I have that right? I think that's the... Two second version of it. So usually a little <laughs> bit more complicated than that notion. Of course. I do think that the we're working on our relationship. We're constantly in therapy. We're trying to figure out how to communicate with each other. 50% of the time I'm unhappy, but I stick it out. I don't know if I like that model for the rest of one's life. And I believe that you can choose relationships that are simply easier and bring more joy and are less draining. Absolutely. I completely agree. I'm really excited to get into this topic with you today. So what are some of the common struggles and challenges that you see women facing today who are dating and looking to attract lasting love? I think any of your listeners would be able to easily articulate their biggest <laughs> troubles. They're all over the map. Usually the complaints, and understandably, if you're a heterosexual woman, are about men. Uh, there are no good men. There are no good men in my city. There are no good men on this dating app. All the good men are taken. Various versions on this theme, which have some basis in truth. You never want to negate anybody's experience or reality, but obviously can't be completely true. It can't be completely true that the only good people in the world are women. There are no good men. Everybody's meant to die alone. <laughs> so it's easy to get very defeatist about this and Part of what I see my job as is to help people find the silver lining and understand, hey, even if you don't like 90% of men, fine. That means there's 10% of men. You only need one to be happy for the rest of your life. So how are you going to go about doing that? Absolutely. That is so true. I hear from women all the time who have similar complaints and they get into this work and they start realizing that there are such great men out there. And the more they focus on what they do want, instead of complaining about the terrible dating experiences they're having, they start to see more and more of that. That's been my experience working with women for the past decade. So how can someone avoid wasting time on the wrong men? I really think it's often about moving through the men who aren't right for you and not spending months or years in these relationships that aren't quite right. That is the fastest path to attracting the right person. How can women stop wasting time on the wrong men? I think we could even take one step back. And this is not something I hear very often. Yes, you need to have boundaries and you need to exit a relationship that if you've been struggling for three years and the guy has expressly stated that he doesn't ever want to get married and you're hanging on thinking he's going to change his mind and go back to the charming guy he was in the first month, that's a questionable proposition at best. You know what's even better? Not dating that person at all. Mm -hmm. And it's surprisingly easy to avoid huge mistakes in the first five, six weeks of dating so that you don't find yourself in that position two, three years later. 
if we just avoid men who are long distance, if we avoid men with addiction and employment issues, if we avoid men with anger and communication issues, if we avoid men who have avoidant attachment styles, if we avoid men who don't know what they're looking for, aren't sure if they ever want to get married or have children. If we just say no to all these guys up front, saves us a lot of trouble down the road because those issues remain there. You could ignore them because you're lonely and he's cute. But those systemic problems don't go anywhere because you ignore them and wish them away. How many women do you know have dated a guy who never wanted a commitment and hung around for years waiting for him to change his mind? Yeah, absolutely. I see that all the time. I see women waiting for men who they have a lot of attraction and chemistry with them. And Often the women in my community, at least, they're not attracted to that many men. And so then when one guy comes along and they finally feel chemistry or intense attraction with someone, they see those feelings for him they have as kind of rare or special. And that causes them to wait around or tolerate bad behavior or things that they would never accept from another guy that they weren't as attracted to. Do you see that as well? That's exactly right. In fact, I have a new newsletter on Substack called Love Splaining. And I, I literally just tackled this. It hasn't even gone out yet. Uh, maybe oh, really? by the time this interview airs that it will. And it's about the topic of why women find no men attractive. <laughs> oh my um, gosh, I'd love to hear about that. <laughs> yeah, you know, I don't want to dominate this podcast with an, <laughs> a reference to an article that I'm going to be writing. But I think women find fewer men attractive and therefore attach far more meaning to attraction. Ironically, since we say, you know, men are the shallower sex, men are more visual, women spend more time primping to look good for men. And yet men could find almost any woman attractive. <laughs> so mm -hmm. that's an interesting thing that we have to observe in society and figure out, well, what do we do with that information? That's sort of what the article ends up being about is you can't force yourself to be attracted to people, but you might want to question, why is there such a disparity between what men and women find attractive? That is so interesting. I would love to do a whole episode with you just on that. I'd be pleased to come back for more. I'm already enjoying myself. So uh, that would be let, great. Let, let me know. I got time. Yeah, well, let's talk about this type of woman. And I have certainly been there myself. So there is no judgment here. I always yeah. say where you're not attracted to that many guys. And then one guy shows up, you finally feel chemistry with someone, but he's inconsistent. Maybe he's hot and cold. He doesn't want to commit. He's stuck on his ex. All these issues that you talked about a little earlier in this episode. Do you hear that from women as well? And what is the solution to that? Because I know what it feels like to go, but I really like this one guy and he's not doing what I want. And all the other guys who are showing up and pursuing her and moving things forward, she's not really into those guys. And so that's the struggle I see with so many women out there. Yeah. I mean, I just had this happen with another client. She is late fifties, never married, always, you know, chooses the good time guy instead of the long-term commitment guy came to me because she wants to change her tune and have a healthier relationship and immediately dove into a relationship with a guy who was really, really good to her, treated her like an amazing girlfriend. Problem was he just got divorced in February. This mm -hmm. guy is not ready for what she wants right now. And he values his freedom. So he treats her really well. There's nothing wrong with him. He just wants something different at this point in time than she does. And I warned her about it at the very, very beginning. And she had to spend four or five months realizing that what I said right up front was true. You have to make the right choice in the first month of dating because it becomes so much harder to extricate yourself later. 
And it's not that hard when women say, how do you know if a guy is marriage oriented? My answer to that is, how do you know if a guy's interested in fantasy football? He'll tell you. You don't have to like pry on the first date. So do you have a fantasy football team? He'll tell you, even though you're not remotely interested, he will tell you. And so men who want to get married, men who want to have families, talk about it voluntarily by their own volition sometime in the first month of dating. So the idea that you're dating a guy, I have no idea where he stands. If he's never mentioned marriage or kids, guess what? He doesn't want to because he knows it'll be the end of your relationship. Or if you bring it up and he dodges the question. I don't know. Maybe, you know, maybe with the right person. Right. I mean, it's possible. And that's also a no. So in Love You, that's my course. We don't do maybes because what's the point of investing two years on a guy who coin flip decision turns out to be the man you want him to be? Why would you give a man that much power over your life instead of choosing a man who's a hell yes? I completely agree. Are there certain signs to look for in the first month of dating? Because I am totally on the same page with you in terms of you can tell pretty quickly what a guy is available for, but it can be easy to miss those red flags if we're caught in the throes of intense chemistry, like we talked about, right? Are there certain things to look for? Like if a guy's really inconsistent or if he's not pursuing you and the cadence of it isn't moving forward? Yeah. And this goes along with my belief that relationships should be functionally easy, which again, does not mean they don't take effort. Relationships right. take effort, but then again, working out takes effort and gardening takes effort and showing up at work when you're having a bad day takes effort. But that's not like working in a coal mine. It's a different kind of effort, right? Mm -hmm. So there should be a smooth on-ramp the entire time you're dating. There wasn't one moment when my wife should ever have doubted my sincere interest in her or my sincere interest in a long-term relationship, or my sincere desire to treat her well and do the best that I could by her, there would be no doubting my character or commitment. There was certainly a doubt for both of us. Is this the right person? These are the reasonable questions that people ask over X, you know, a couple of years of dating. But there was never any doubt that I was a marriage, family-oriented guy who had pure intent from the beginning. And so that's really all you could ask for. You can't know that a man is right for you in the first month of dating. Otherwise, everybody would be married to their high school boyfriend. Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. But you can generally tell from how smoothly things go, whether this plane is going to get off the ground. It's not what happens on the date. And this is, again, I'm quoting myself from Love You which is awkward, but it's true. <laughs> we overvalue what happens on the date. Oh my God, he was so cute. He was so funny. What an amazing kiss at the end of the night. And we anchor on that. And literally any guy who's experienced the dating can do that. That now, is such a good that's point. A, that's yeah. a performance. Anybody yeah. can do that. Right. What you want to pay attention to is what happens after the date. How quickly did he follow up to say, that was amazing. When can I see you again? What kind of effort does he make in between the dates to demonstrate to you that his interest is sincere? Because there's a huge difference between a charming guy who texts you once a week for sex and a guy who's seriously looking for a girlfriend. That is such a good point. I just heard from a family member the other day who is dating this guy or talking to this guy, waving all sorts of red flags. He's super busy. He's a little long distance. And she's like, but we had such a great time on the date. He treated me so well. He was such a gentleman. But weeks or months go by before she hears from him again. I just hear about that all the time. I love what you said there. I've actually never heard another expert talk about it in that way in all my years of doing this, that it doesn't matter so much what happens on the date, unless, of course, he's rude or disrespectful or something 
something like that. But yeah. it's about what happens after the date, how much effort he's putting in between dates and following up. I think that's great. Phenomenal advice. Do you have some sort of guidelines in terms of how often a guy should be in contact with you? How often a guy who's interested asks you out? Anything in terms of timelines or a certain amount of contact or anything like that? Or is it just about what feels good to the particular woman? I think you're looking for a sense of escalation. Mm -hmm. And this is where I want to acknowledge reasonable people could disagree. Obviously, just because I say something doesn't mean that it's right or that every one of your listeners has to, you know, to take that as gospel. It's more the idea that people tend to make excuses when things aren't working and then they double down on their excuses, right? Uh -huh. it, it's been six weeks. I've gone out with him three times. You know, I was traveling. He was sick. He texts me often. We don't talk on the phone very often. So she's backing into, I really like this guy. I want him to be my boyfriend. But in six weeks, I haven't seen any evidence that he actually wants to be. Mm -hmm. So what I'm looking at is, well, hey, at the beginning, everybody is online. Everybody's talking to multiple people. You can't expect some random guy to drop everybody like a hot potato because he started texting you, right? And sometimes there are those expectations. I like him. Why is he still online? Well, you're talking to 10 people. He's talking to 10 people. Hmm. It's not reasonable to expect him to drop everything because you like him the best. Mm -hmm. But over time, as people get to know each other, there's date one, there's date two, there's physically going around the bases, right? You know, I don't want to need to be more explicit than that. Like there's foreplay before intercourse. And as you date and you get further with each other and you discover not just, oh, he likes me physically, which all men do, but he enjoys me platonically. He checks in to see how I'm doing. He is calling me, not just texting me. He is making plans twice a week, not just once a week. Now we could see the escalation based on how much he likes me, not just based on first date chemistry. We're feeling like I'm the back burner person who he only texts if someone else fell through on Friday night. And we could tell the difference. That's the other thing. We could tell the difference. You don't need a dating coach to tell you the difference. Mm -hmm. You can tell when a guy is prioritizing you. I love this idea of escalation because I hear from a lot of people where maybe they see a guy once or twice a month and that's been going on for six plus months. And it's like, well, if he's not escalating his efforts and it's just staying at a certain level, you can likely expect more of the same. It's not like a guy who's breadcrumbing you or seeing you once every three to four weeks, six months later, all of a sudden just snaps to and goes, you know, I really want to put more effort into this. I'm really sorry. I've been breadcrumbing you for the past six months. It just doesn't happen. At least I haven't seen that. What do you know? I, I have a lower tolerance probably for that than you do. You know, I'm kind of a traitor to men. I mean, like I basically my whole business model is telling smart, strong, successful women who have everything but the guy how to be the CEO of their love life and treat men as if they're interns who are looking for a job. And if you had an intern who hasn't demonstrated his desire to commit to your company, in five, six weeks, he's been sitting on your job offer, seeing if he could do better. That's not the guy you want working for your company. You want someone who wants the job. And so if you're seeing a guy for more than, again, made up number, four to six weeks, and he hasn't said, let's take down our profiles, let's give this thing a shot. I have very little faith that that guy's going to step up in month three or four or five.
Yes. And I see women hanging on to these guys for not just months, but years. I mean, right. literally years. They've been dating for two plus years and she's afraid to bring up the commitment talk or tell him right. that she wants to get married someday because deep down she kind of knows what the answer is going to be. Right. right. And I love what you said, too. I was actually talking with my husband about this the other day. We were saying that the guy who's able to create these intense feelings of chemistry within you in the first and second date isn't necessarily the guy who has the partnership skills or the guy who has the interest to take things into the committed relationship that you want. So I love this idea of watching what he does in between the dates, not focusing on how he gave you butterflies and made you laugh and <laughs> was really witty on the actual date. I think that's really important. I think it's just understanding that there's virtually no correlation between the performative aspects of dating and how someone shows up in a relationship. I could see why we try to conflate the two. I could mm -hmm. see why women find certain characteristics attractive. We like guys who are confident. We like guys who are charismatic. We like guys who are classy and polished and good conversationalists. And none of these things make him a better husband, mm -hmm. right? So think of it closer because it's timely. Think of it like a presidential debate. The ability to speak in one minute sound bites in a presidential debate says nothing about your ability to govern the free world. <laughs> right. That's so true. Right. No, we reward it. We still reward people who are smooth and confident. It's the same thing, but it has zero correlation to whether this person should hold the levers of power. So when you're talking about marriage where you've got one person and you're building the foundation of your life on this one person and you have to trust him with your health, your mental health, your money, your family, your kids, we're going to value how cool the restaurant is or whether his shoes matched his belt. This is what <laughs> we're judging him on. Yeah, I'm thinking back to the first date I had with my husband. We always talk about it, it was pretty awkward. We're both kind of introverted and shy. And it wasn't this intense chemistry where we're like, this is the one. We always say if we hadn't had a second date, we probably just could have gone our separate ways and we probably wouldn't have really ever thought about it ever again. But that chemistry built over time through spending more time together, actually getting to know each other, seeing that we had shared values. But that's not the most motivating thing in the world if you're caught in the throes of chemistry or you just are looking for that excitement right off the bat, right? Well, that's why I want to distinguish between excitement and a baseline of attraction. We overvalue the excitement and I'm not anti-excitement. I went out with 300 people from 25 to 35. I'm certainly not one to poo-poo the struggles of being single and looking for the right person. Mm -hmm. But if I ask any of your listeners to think of the man that you're the most attracted to in your entire life, picture him. Are you with him now? Did he turn out to be the safe, loving partner who takes care of you and understands you and accepts you? Nope, he did not. So yeah. that shows me that that thing that you desire, that you feel the highest high you've ever felt has no correlation to his ability to show up as a partner. But people think that if you don't have that, then what are you going to have? Are you, are you telling me I'm going to have a relationship with no attraction and no right. chemistry and you know, I'm not going to have good sex? And that's a misunderstanding. As long as there is a baseline of attraction that can grow and a great relationship, now you have something to build on. So I tell people, because people like simplicity, you could have a model for a relationship that is seven chemistry and 10 compatibility. You can't have a model for a relationship where there's 
10 chemistry and three compatibility. And if you look at a lot of your relationships, those numbers describe them. You have to make it very clear. You're not telling anyone to go out with someone a second time that they are objectively not attracted to, who right. you couldn't imagine yourself kissing, where you want to climb out of your skin or need to have six drinks to find him attractive. Mm -hmm. No one is telling you to do that. I'm not telling you to do that. Helena's not telling you to do that. Right. Exactly. We're saying if there's a baseline, if the chemistry is like a six, when you start making out with that guy and he shows up for you in a good way and you get to see his sense of humor, that six could become a nine. And that happens all the time. But we're not trying to turn a two into anything. Yes, that is a great distinction. I always say you're going to feel so attracted, so connected to the person you end up with, but they're also going to be reliable and dependable. You don't want to confuse the excitement and butterflies with reliability because those two, as you described, often don't go hand in hand. And so you do believe that the real chemistry can build over time, but you have to have that baseline attraction. So if the thought of kissing a guy makes you want to throw up, obviously that's not going to work, right? You should never have to talk yourself into going on a date. Yes. And that complexity is often hard for people to hear because they hear people like you and me saying, it's not about chemistry. It's not about chemistry. It's not about chemistry. And so the immediate reaction is, oh, so I'm supposed to have no chemistry when no one has actually said that. There's no good dating and relationship expert who denies the importance of chemistry. Chemistry is a necessary component. It's just not sufficient. You can't build a life on chemistry. There's no grandparents who've been together for 50 years who say chemistry was the secret to our marriage. That's so true. Do you have any guidelines or things a woman should look for in a man who would potentially be a good partner? Kind of the opposite of the red flag? Yeah, well, I'm so glad you asked. In Love You, we talk about five, maybe six characteristics that are essential. Now, people tend to compromise on the wrong characteristics, also a very challenging notion. We won't compromise on him being over 5'10". We won't compromise on him making more money. We won't compromise on whether he has a master's degree. But we will compromise on whether he's nice. We will compromise on whether he's respectful. We will compromise on whether he is a good communicator. We will compromise on whether he wants the same things in life and shares the same values. So we tend to compromise on the wrong things consistently. So the things that we don't compromise on in Love You are character, kindness, consistency, communication, commitment. Maybe the last one we could add is connection. Mm -hmm. If you're missing one of those things, your relationship is screwed. Any one of those things sinks it. You look back on your previous relationships, you probably could look back at your previous boyfriends and they were missing two or three of those things. Mm -hmm. character, kindness, consistency, communication, mm -hmm. commitment, right? They were missing those things, but you were trying to make it work because they had qualities you found attractive. So we start with those things that I just mentioned. And then it's a bonus if he's six feet tall. It's a bonus if he makes more money than you. Everybody's been getting it backwards. I completely agree. I always say, look for signs of integrity or shared values rather than getting caught up in the emotional connection. Of course, it's important to have an emotional connection with the person you end up with. But if you're putting all the emphasis on that because you don't feel connected to that many people and you're ignoring that he doesn't really have much integrity as it relates to you, he's not reliable and dependable. You're just going to be waiting forever for a guy like that to turn into a different kind of guy. It's right. so important. Do you hear from women who say that they've tried everything and they just can't seem to find a high quality man. I'd love to hear your thoughts on what to do if you find yourself in that situation. Well, 
This is challenging. And I think it's so important because I'm a married man who's been doing this for 20 years. It's very easy to hear some smug married guy mansplaining love, right? It's very easy to sort of slip into that. You know, he doesn't understand when, if you listen to women talk about dating and relationships for four hours a day for 20 years, it would be pretty hard not to understand what women are going through and their predicament and their complaints and their valid complaints. So I'm never invalidating anybody's experience, but I do think that there's some definition of insanity. Think of it closer to this, and it's not a perfect comparison, but it'll do. Think of someone who struggles with weight loss. I have tried this diet. I have tried this workout routine. I have tried this trainer. I have tried this boot camp. Here's the thing. All of them work. I mean, every reasonable diet. And you don't need to be an expert to diet, right? I'm not a dieter, but just the ambient noise of knowing what's healthy, smaller portions, leafy greens, fewer starches and fried foods, less sugar, less alcohol. Don't eat a lot after dinner. Do some mobility, right? So you got a good sweat on. If you do all of those things with consistency and you're 30 pounds overweight, you're going to lose weight. It would be hard not to unless there's, you know, a medical issue. Does uh-huh. that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. Those are just best practices. And yet America, we'll just use it as an example, you know, 50% of America has weight loss issues. And to me, that just doesn't show that diets don't work or that there's something wrong with people. All of the above are true. Diets work. Knowledge is not an issue. All the people who struggle with their weight know how to lose weight. All the things that I just rattled off, everybody knows it. Right. It is a discipline and support issue. This is why people have their Jenny Craigs to measure their portions so they don't overeat. This is why we have accountability partners. This is why we have personal trainers looking over our shoulders, customizing workouts for us, holding us accountable. It's not the knowledge. It's the application of the knowledge. So anytime someone says, I've tried everything, I've tried Bumble, I've tried Hinge, I've tried Match, I hired Talkify, and it's just lunch. What have they done? They went to different places to meet people. What's the problem? Not meeting people. Mm -hmm. That's a misdiagnosis of the problem. Right. Problem is, your picker is broken. And if you use the picker that you've been using for 40 years, and that picker has always led you to emotionally unavailable, verbally abusive guys, it doesn't matter what platform you're on. You're still going to choose the wrong guy. Mm -hmm. In my course, Love You, we work on the most important part, fixing your picker. Because if your picker is broken, I liken a picker to a GPS. If your GPS is broken, you could be the best driver in the world. You're still going to get to the wrong destination. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hear from women all the time. And they're like, what app did you meet your husband on? Every app I go on. Doesn't matter. There's a narcissist. That's what I say. It doesn't matter what app you go on. If that's what you're emotionally engaging with, if that's what you're attracted to, you're going to meet those right. kinds of Right. It doesn't matter what gym you belong to. Exactly. It's what you do at the gym. You could lose as much weight working out from home. It's not the gym. It's what you do. Yes. The choices you make. And so people who've struggled with dating and relationships, understandably, they think, and again, it's easy to point fingers at what's wrong with men. And all of those criticisms about men are real. Those are real men who have hurt you. We're not minimizing that, but you're choosing those men. They're not representative of all men. If you choose the wrong men, it's like if you continue to eat fried foods, 
No dietitian or personal trainer will help you. Mm -hmm. All right. So if you continue to choose the wrong men consciously or unconsciously, I can't help what I'm attracted to, Evan. I like emotionally unavailable men like my father. Well, then we're going to keep on discovering that dating is hard no matter what site you use. So the I've tried everything is a real sentiment that I don't poo-poo. This is why people have to look inward, right? Not blame themselves because it's not your fault, but realize that if your GPS leads you to the wrong men all the time, we need to fix your GPS. And then there's you know, folks like me and presumably you who do that kind of work. Yeah, I was going to say, how can people get a hold of you or possibly work with you? I know you have some amazing programs and ebooks. I can include information in the episode notes if anyone's interested, but I'd love to hear anything you have going on where people can actually get some extra support. Well, that's super kind of you, Helena. For your listeners specifically, I created a free resource. If you go to evanmarkcats.com, E-V-A-N-M-A-R-C, katz.com forward slash Helena. They can get access to the seven massive mistakes that you're making in dating. They're all kind of eye-opening things that aren't necessarily obvious. So it's definitely worth your time to go there. And then the main things that I offer, I mean, I have a podcast called the Love You Podcast. I have a new newsletter that I'm really excited about called Love Splaining. If you go to evanmarkcats.com forward slash Substack. And for people who are saying enough with all of this free stuff, because <laughs> I understand why people like free stuff. And then you're on a million people's mailing list and it gets really messy. If you're really ready, I want to fix my broken man picker. I don't want to be in this place in six months by the new year. I want to find the love of my life. That's what coaching is for. And my signature course is called Love You. It's a six month curriculum that helps women understand men and make better dating and relationship choices. So that's all the self-promotion I will do. Uh, <laughs> I'm on every social platform. So thank you for reaching out to me there, Helena. And thank you for allowing me to hopefully offer some value to your listeners. Absolutely. I know this is going to be so helpful for so many women listening to this. And I've been a huge fan of your writing for years. So definitely check out Evan's newsletter. I'll include links to everything in the show notes, like I mentioned. This was amazing. I mean, I would love to bring you back on again. I thought of maybe three or four other topics we could talk about. You talk about things in a way I haven't quite heard many other people explain in that way before. So I love all the insights you shared. Any last words of wisdom before we close out here today? Yeah, I'm always careful about calling my own words, words of wisdom. <laughs> if you feel that it's hopeless, you're not alone, but it's not hopeless. Okay. It's never hopeless. Once you lose hope, you lose the will and you're too young to make a decision for the rest of your life that you're going to be alone forever. Mm -hmm. right, we think, oh, I'm just taking a break from dating. I'm going to focus on me. I'm going to focus on my travels. I'm going to focus on my career and my pets and the Long-term result of that is that you wake up at age 80 and you never got the love that you deserve or that you crave or that you want. You associate relationships with pain and to avoid pain, you avoid relationships. So relationships don't have to equal pain. There are happily married people out there. I count myself among them. I know your host counts herself among them. Mm -hmm. And it's not like we have anything special that you don't. We're fortunate that we made better choices in the first month of dating with partners who know how to enhance our lives and add value instead of drain you. And if you choose good people up front, you could have a really beautiful life with someone. So please don't despair. Even if you find most men are not good partners, I will agree with you. All it takes is one. 
Absolutely. I could not agree with you more. It's just so true. So important for people to understand. I just love seeing the women in my community come back a few months later and say, I met a high quality man. So this really works. I've seen it happen over and over and over. Of course, I've been there myself. I always say if I could turn my patterns around and meet an amazing guy, (laughs) anybody can. And so I know you can too, if you're listening out there. For everyone listening, make sure you're following my podcast. I have new episodes coming out every week. Just click the follow button on my podcast homepage so you don't don't miss any of them. This was fantastic, Evan. I hope we can do more episodes together. Thank you so much again for coming on. Thank you so much for thinking of me and giving me the opportunity to share with your listeners. I really appreciate you and what you do. Thank you so much. Bye, everyone. See you next time. If you're tired of struggling in your love life and you want a proven system to get into and maintain a relationship where you're consistently loved, valued, and cherished, go to forever1234.com. Again, that's forever1234.com.